This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Marketing Jam is brought to you by Cyber Impact, the email marketing platform made specifically for Canadian small businesses. Go to cyberimpact.com forward slash jelly, create a free account, and start sending Castle compliant promotional emails in just a few clicks. Here's your host, Darian Kovacs. All right, I want to welcome everyone to the latest edition of Marketing Jam. I'm really excited because we're talking to probably one of the most important people on the internet in Canada today. This is Spencer from Sira. If you don't know what Sira is yet, Spencer will explain, and he'll explain how he controls the Canadian internet space or something like that. So, uh, Spencer, for those that don't know what Sira is or what uh, that acronym stands for, why don't you explain to our listeners and viewers to start us off? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I work for CIRA, uh, or lesserly known as the Canadian Internet Registration Authority. Um, we're basically the, uh, the nonprofit organization that runs the .ca domain on behalf of Canada. Um, so actually, a lot of people don't really know us all that well. They know .ca, but they don't necessarily know the organization behind it. So, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a really cool place to work, and we're doing some fun stuff. So if I went to, like, back in the day, register.com or GoDaddy today, and I go to register at .ca and ask me a few extra questions to verify that I am a Canadian business. Is that you collecting that information and data? Yeah, so uh, at Ciro, we enforce something that we call the uh, Canadian presence requirement. Um, essentially, what it means is you have to either be a Canadian, be a Canadian business, or do business in Canada, actually have a physical presence in Canada. Uh, in order to register a .ca domain. And we have a compliance department that makes sure that, for example, people from California uh, don't try to register .cas because you'd be surprised how many Californians think that that domain is for them. Um, so yeah, we do, uh, we do uh, audit that information and make sure that the .ca domain name stays exclusively for Canadians. That's awesome. And so if I was to register or want to register a .ca, can I go right to CIRA and register it directly instead of through GoDaddy and all the others? No, actually, uh, so we don't actually do registrations ourselves. Um, you could consider us more like a wholesaler or we're almost like, uh, if you think about it from a, in a manufacturing terms, we build the CAs to a certain extent. Okay. Um, and then we have a channel that we sell the CAs through, which would be your GoDaddy's or your Rebels or your Web Hosting Canada. Um, they would be the, uh, the registrars that would sell our product. Uh, it's similar to how you can't buy a Coke from Coke, right? You pretty much always buy a Coke from a retailer. Uh, you can't go to Coke. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe you can go to Coca-Cola's website and buy a Coke. I'm not sure. But but generally speaking, that's we, we operate more as a uh, kind of like a manufacturer in, in, a, in a weird kind of sense and as a distributor, as a wholesaler almost. That's really cool. And you're a nonprofit based in Ottawa. Is that correct? Yeah. So we're a nonprofit organization. We're based in Ottawa. Um, so essentially, um, we get our mandate to um, represent and support the .ca registry from the, uh, the federal government actually provided us with our mandate way back uh, about, uh, you know, over 20 years ago. Um, and now we now operate that independently. We're, we're a lot of people think we're a government department. We're not. Uh, we're a nonprofit organization uh, uh, that manages the .ca domain. And uh, yeah, we're based in Ottawa. And it's, uh, we've actually got, a, I'm actually at my house right now, but we have a really sweet office in Ottawa. Uh, beautiful office. It overlooks the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks football field. Um, so it's a pretty, uh, pretty good place to work. That's awesome. So how does someone get to work at .ca, at CIRA? Uh, wow. So, I mean, I guess it depends on what you do. But, uh, I mean, the, the cool thing about CIRA is there's a, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, a, it's a, kind of like a hybrid of two organizations. On one side, we're this really cool tech organization. We have developers. We have network engineers. We have uh, IT security people who help 
not only run and maintain the .ca registry and make sure that it's safe and secure, but also develop, they're also developing new products and doing new innovations based off of some of the technologies that we, that we, uh, that we uh, build. Uh, but on the flip side, we're a nonprofit. So we actually have a lot of sort of um, responsibilities when it comes to internet governance. Um, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with organizations like ICANN. Uh, we, we represent Canada on the international stage uh, through organizations such as ICANN, uh, where we talk about things like uh, internet governance and uh, different areas of jurisdiction. And essentially, CIRA acts almost like a, it's almost like a mini UN for the, for the internet. And we act on behalf of Canada in some of those forums. Uh, another part of our sort of nonprofit side is um, because we're a nonprofit, we like to give back to the Canadian internet community. So every year uh, we run uh, what we call our community investment program. And uh, we basically give away a, about a million dollars, a little over a million dollars every year to nonprofit and institutional organizations that have really cool internet based projects. So uh, we actually just closed our re recent round of uh, submissions uh, just a couple weeks ago. So we're right now we're in the process of deliberating on those. And essentially in a few weeks, probably more like a month or so, uh, we'll be announcing the, the projects that we sponsor. So essentially those can be anything from university-based projects, they can be community nonprofits, they can be all kinds of different organizations that we basically give out grants from anywhere from 50,000 to maybe 100,000. I think this year we might be giving some larger amounts, um, essentially to help uh, grow the internet in Canada and to provide better access and education for groups who may be marginalized or may not have uh, the access that we would like. So we do a lot on the nonprofit side. So that's why CIRA is a really cool place to work because that cool mix of the two. Um, for me personally, I got here through, uh, through communications and marketing. Um, you know, I've always been a big tech guy, um, and Ottawa is obviously a huge tech hub. Um, but I really Shop like the Shopify, right? Yeah. I mean, Shopify is just down the street. They're great, great down there. Um, you know, it's Ottawa is a really awesome tech hub. Uh, I think it's uh, the largest per capita tech hub in Canada. Um, you think about the concentration of jobs, it's actually uh, uh, number one. And so what's really cool about it is, is that um, it's a really great environment where I can sort of, uh, you know, use my marketing and communication skills for a technology company, but also do some good, which is really cool, right? So, you know, it's it's great. I've worked for e-commerce companies before. I've worked for other types of organizations before, but this is a really neat hybrid. So uh, it's, it's a good place to be. Okay. You mentioned ICANN. Uh, why don't you tell us what that stands for? Well, ICANN is the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. So essentially, it is the, the international body that manages uh, essentially domain names and and the entire ecosystem of uh, both TLDs and CCTLDs and GTLDs that essentially uh, uh, help the internet work. Essentially, it's almost like the address book of the internet that makes sure that when you're looking for something, you can find it. And ICANN acts as sort of a governing body to help make sure that all the different countries follow the same rules, have the same governance, and, and uh, we work on uh, different policy and advocacy things at ICANN. Now, why do I want a .ca? Like, what's the point? Like, I, I know there's .coms, there's .co's are really popular right now, like .co's, but, or .orgs if you're a charity, but why should I get a .ca? What's, what, what, why do I go to the point of doing that? Well, when we talk about getting a .ca, really there's three main messages we usually, uh, we usually hit on. Uh, one is a .ca is exclusively for Canadians. And so it's one of, those, one of the few things, you know, you think about what things are exclusive for Canadians, right? Your passport, uh, Canadian money, even, you know, sort of yes, no, Canadian stamps, give or take. But but domain names, uh, Dossier domain name is exclusively for Canadians. So essentially, it's the one thing that exclusively identifies you as Canadian online. Hmm. Um, the second thing that we talk about a lot is uh, is that, you know, we have all kinds of data, both, uh, you know, uh, research data that shows that Canadians prefer to do business, shop, interact with Canadian businesses. 
So essentially, uh, when people see a .ca domain name, it's almost like a little Canadian flag hanging off the back of your business that essentially gives Canadians more confidence and more uh, pride, quite honestly, in doing business with you. So it provides, it really does provide a sales and marketing lift for your organization. If your audience is either exclusively or majority Canadian, it provides you with a huge sales and marketing lift. And then the third reason is just because .ca gives back. Um, you know, uh, you buy any of those other domains, uh, you know, it goes to our friends at GoDaddy or whatever, and we love them. But uh, if you buy a .ca domain name, uh, a good chunk of that cash goes back to the internet community, both through our community investment program, but also in other ways. We do all kinds of work across Canada. Uh, we do things like fund uh, a network of IXPs, which stands for Internet Exchange Points across Canada. Um, so that's a that's a big thing that 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 uh, we help to support. So really, when you buy a .ca domain name, you're actually helping fund and support the Canadian ecosystem. So uh, it's something that you can be proud of if your business uses a .ca. So Spencer, help me out here. I I have bought a JellyMarketing.ca and I have uh, MarketingJam.ca, but I forward both of them to my .com. What do you yeah. think about that? Is that okay, or or should I be like hosting it on my .ca? You know, I think you know, I think you know. Perfect world, we would say, yeah, you should have as your .ca as your default. But you know, we're realistic. I mean, with the internet is a glo is global. So what we generally recommend is uh, what we call brand protection. Um, so if you're a brand that operates in Canada and you feel like you want to have an international presence, it probably doesn't. It probably doesn't hurt to have you know a .com or or .co or whatever. But you should protect your brand with the .ca as well. Um, you know, most large organizations do that, but even small ones do it now because. Uh, it's really important to make sure that you own that exclusive Canadian real estate for your brand. Um, you know, there's lots of large brands um, that uh, do forwarding. Apple is a good example. They forward apple.ca to apple.com slash CA. But there's also examples of huge companies that don't do that. For example, Amazon. Amazon.ca. Oh, yeah. not, not only is it, their, uh, is it their web address, but if you actually look on the website, um, they use it in their branding. So it mm -hmm. actually says Amazon.ca right in the branding, which goes to show that Amazon has understood that that .ca has a value to their Canadian customers. Mm -hmm. um, so, so really, I mean, you know, we don't like to tell any business how to, you know, what's best for them, but we do know that generally speaking, having a .ca if you're a Canadian business is the right call, especially from a brand protection perspective. If uh, if you think you're going to do something else uh, for your main for your main domain. Well, and, and all of our, our show is, is for Canadians, uh, interviewing Canadians, so we should maybe just get that moved over to a .ca and make that the host. Yeah, you can forward it the other way just as easily. <laughs> nice. There you go. That's awesome. So I, I need to know, are you an iOS or an Android guy? Uh, I'm very much an iOS guy. Um, yeah. Always always have been. I've sort of been big in the Apple ecosystem uh, basically my entire career. Yeah. Yeah. And what are some apps that you can't live without both professionally and personally? Apps. Well, I mean, I think for me, uh, I consider myself at my core. I'm a writer, so I've uh, I'm actually a bit of an appaholic. I'm the kind of person who who just downloads apps incessantly. Um, not only that, but I'm I'm happy to pay for them. So if, oh, that's five bucks. That's ten bucks. That's nine. Like I'm. I, it's actually pretty sad. Um, so I have a lot of writing, note taking, and um, you know, kind of like uh, those those style of apps. Mm -hmm. Um, on iOS, uh, one of my favorite note-taking apps right now is an app called Bear. Um, anybody in the iOS ecosystem, they might be aware of it these days. Uh, it's a great cross-platform uh, note-taking app uh, that has both an iPad, an iPhone, and a Mac version. Um, really great app. Uh, it has support for markdown, and you can use hashtags, and it's, it's a great sort of all-around. It basically replaced, replaced uh, Evernote for me um, in, in the, for that sort of purpose. 
Um, another great app that I use more for long form writing is a, is an iOS app called AI or IA writer. Um, it's, um, they're based out of Europe, I think, but it's essentially a no distraction, no frills writing app. Uh, they have this really great mode called focus mode. And as it actually, it, basically what it does is as you're typing, you can do full screen and as you're typing, it only shows you the line that you're typing and every other line is uh, sort of not, not, uh, not, not invisible, but sort of grayed out. It almost acts like a typewriter. So, oh. you know, I do personal writing as well. So I really like that style. It's sort of like an old school, almost like Hemingway style typewriter kind of, kind of vibe to it. So those are two writing apps that I use, uh, I use quite a bit. Um, and um, what else? I mean, you know, what's really interesting. Um, I actually don't use the default mail app on my iOS devices. I use Microsoft Outlook, which is crazy because most people would think Microsoft Outlook is, you know, like a lot of people have negative connotations when it comes to Microsoft Outlook, but their iOS app is actually phenomenal. I wish they would change their, uh, their, their desktop app to be that good. Uh, it's great. It has support for uh, so many uh, swipe gestures and all kinds of integrations. So I actually use that to integrate my work email and my personal email and my freelance email all in one email, uh, email inbox. So that's pretty cool. Spencer, that's cool. And and what about um, magazines, books, uh, e-newsletters, or like podcasts that you'd suggest to those in marketing? Wow, in marketing, you know, it's funny. I actually, you know, I, I do a lot of. Uh, I'm, I'm basically I'm a Twitter uh, yeah. addict, so a yeah. lot of the marketing reading I do comes through my feed. Okay. So you know, you get links yeah. and you know, go to different different websites. I mean, I'm I'm. I tend to stray towards the content marketing and social media side of things. So I love sites like, you know, Buffer has a really great blog. Uh, Moz has great, uh, great stuff, obviously, content marketing front. So I, I don't really read a lot. Like, I'm not a hardcore reader of, of specific books or magazines on that front. Um, you know, from a podcast perspective, um, you know, I'm big on... I like podcasts that kind of broaden my mind a little bit and make me think sort of uh, big picture on things. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I really like Sam Harris's new podcast that he has right now called Making Sense. Um, it's it's a really great podcast. Um, I know, uh, you know, some people have different feelings on Sam Harris, but if you just take him for what he's really good at, which is this, you know, broadening your horizons and broadening your mind and thinking of things in different ways and rational thinking, I think it's really great. Um, I think, you know, probably an answer you hear a lot. I really love Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, a guy that's successful, it's hard to not take some tips from him. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says. And, and he, he, you know, there's some things where, where, uh, I, I think it's not necessarily the right fit, especially for .ca. If you think about this, his style, right. Um, but he always makes me think, and it, it's the kind of, he's the kind of person that, uh, is not afraid to challenge, challenge you and challenge the way you think. So, uh, really like his podcast quite a bit. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I'm doing right now. I, I'm just, I'm kind of a voracious reader. I mean, just through, through apps like Twitter, uh, Flipboard is actually another great, uh, iOS app. Flipboard is great for reading. Um, you know, I write, like to read, uh, all kinds of different things on there. So I don't have as many subscriptions as I used to mainly because I don't have the time, but, uh, but I do a lot of my reading through, through apps like Flipboard. You mentioned Moz based out of Seattle. Um, do you see that having a .ca help someone with SEO? purposes like showing up higher in Google ranking in Canada? Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of evidence out there that now as the, I'm sure, you know, Google is very close. Uh, you know, they're very, uh, secretive about what does and doesn't move their, uh, move their algorithm, but there's very clear indications that a, a .ca domain name does provide SEO benefit in Canada. Um, so if you're a Canadian business and your audience is Canadian and your content is Canadian, 
then having a .c domain name is just one extra flag. It's one extra sort of proof point to a search engine to say, this is relevant to this audience. So that's another, I should have mentioned that earlier, that's another uh, strong proof point that we use for .ca as well is sort of the, is the SEO benefit to that. Um, and, uh, you know, it's hard to get Google on the record saying that, but there's all kinds of data out there that'll show that uh, pretty conclusively. What would you say is some of the trends that you're seeing, uh, you know, in the market for marketing in Canada and, and maybe some of the things that you're excited about coming up for, for .ca and some of the things that you'll be doing? Um, well, I mean, I guess for marketing in general, like I, I tend to come at things more from the, uh, from the communication side. Um, I actually went to J school. I, I started off as a journalist. Um, and so I tend to come at things more from the sort of the content and the storytelling perspective. So I know it's a cliche these days to say storytelling, but it's just, it really works. I mean, I think one of the things we're seeing, and obviously we see it a lot now through, um, you know, all the backlash against Facebook and, mm. you know, uh, you know, a little, not as much, but somewhat against like uh, large companies like Amazon and Google is people are starting to get a little, you know, creeped out about the constant sort of data surveillance that they're under. And there's a little bit of digital ad fatigue happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that, uh, you know, you look at things like uh, ad blockers and how mm. you can skip, uh, you know, skipping YouTube ads and things like that. I think there's a fatigue out there amongst consumers and you know whereas you know i remember the era where you had to sit through a commercial or go get a snack in order to skip it uh now you, there's a lot easier ways to skip commercials and so i think that just makes that fatigue that's going on makes um less invasive styles of marketing mm -hmm. that much more important it's where content really thrives it's where building relationships and audiences really thrives mm -hmm. Um, that doesn't mean there's not a role for things like data and, and for analytics and making sure that your audience personas are right and that kind of thing. But for me, it's really about, you know, how can you make a connection with 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 uh, with your uh, with your audience and with your um, with your consumers or whatever? I think, you know, what's really interesting on that front is, you know, you see a lot of organizations moving all in on content, which is which is great. Right. Like it's it's awesome. But I think there's a fine line between like, hey, let's pump out, you know, three blogs a week and, you know, video all the things, right? And and actually putting out content that has value for your audience, right? And so that's one of the things we're really focusing on at uh, at CIRA and with the .ca brand is providing value for our audience. Um, you know, we, in areas where we feel like we, uh, you know, have the most value to give or have the expertise, then we put out that content. But we also partner on content whenever we can. So. You know, you might imagine someone who's buying a .ca domain, um, you know, a good chunk of them are in the, hey, I want to start a business uh, mentality. Mm -hmm. So for, for them, you know, we, we kind of start, we, we have sort of a, almost like a funnel, sort of similar to a marketing funnel, but more, more like sort of a content interest funnel. And that's, you know, at the top of the funnel is, hey, I'm buying a .ca domain name. Great. So what can we teach you about that? Well, we can teach you all about how to choose your name, how to buy your name, how to set up your name, how to forward your DNS, how to set up your DNS how to forward your domain name, all, all those kind of technical things we can, we can help you with. But then as we move down the funnel, we can say, okay, well, how can we help you with setting up your website? What CMS should you use? Um, you know, uh, content marketing strategies, social media strategies, yeah. things where we feel we have a little bit more um, uh, expertise and ability to, to talk about those things. As we move oh, down cool. the funnel, you think to yourself, okay, what other things might this person want to know? Well, they might want to know about finance. They might want to know about trademark law. They might want to know about shipping. Well, we don't really know about those things. So rather than put out a blog where I go and, and you know take some content off someone else's website and rewrite it, what we try to do in those cases is do uh, content partnerships um, where we bring in either uh, partner organizations or in some cases individuals to do guest blogs or, or other types of freelance uh, opportunities. Because at the end of the day, we don't have the expertise in something like trademark law, 
but it's super relevant to, for example, choosing your domain name. Um, when you choose your domain name, you might want to know if you, the business name that you've registered is already taken or if someone else has it and that kind of thing. So how do you, you know, where's the, where is the, um, you know, uh, you know, how can we provide value to that person? Well, in most, most cases, we don't have the expertise in-house, so we then bring it in. So really it's about uh, knowing where we, knowing what we know and knowing what we don't know, and then knowing what consumers want to know, and then trying to put that all together in something that makes sense for them and can provide them with some value. Um, and the other thing that, I mean, I think we, you know, we've started to do, and I think we've started off in a, on a pretty good foot, is just um, working on our, on our voice and tone. Um, you know, different organizations have different mandates and have different approaches to things, and that's going to dictate how they talk, both in text and in and and verbally to their audience. And one of the things we've tried to do is we've tried to embrace uh, our our a certain voice and tone that we think that is approachable to uh, to uh, to our buyers, to our Canadian to Canadians. So that is, you know, we try to have a little fun. We try to be whimsical. We try to bring in the Canadiana. Sometimes we're cheesy to a little certain extent, but we do it, I think, in a self-aware way, where we know that we're being uh, that we're being a little bit cheesy and, and laying it on a little thick. And I think that people appreciate that content. And honestly, our analytics shows that that's the kind of content that works the best is when we're both giving people value and giving them something that's going to help them get the job done that they're trying to do, but also doing it in a way that's approachable and that's somewhat entertaining. So. We're working on how we can roll out more things along those lines uh, this year. We're looking at podcasts. We're looking at more video. We're looking at uh, broadening out our email strategy. So, but really, it all stems back to that: how do we provide value to our audience, um, and how do we do it in a way that's approachable and that has a tone that's going to make it engaging? Um, and awesome. I think that's that's where the best brands these days are are killing it is is when they're able to make that that genuine connection. That's awesome. I saw a, an article you did with Narcity where you highlighted 10 Canadian businesses who, again, they happen to have .cas, but you highlighted and celebrated 10 amazing entrepreneurs right across the country. I thought that was a great partnership piece with Narcity. Yeah, Narcity's great. So, I mean, uh, our core audience for .ca, like if you were to break down our analytics, is, is more in like the 30 to 45-year-old range. But we're seeing a, an evolving audience that's in the younger range, right? And it's it's actually, it's not a small, like it's it's actually starting to approach uh, our core audience. So it's almost like a 1A, 1B situation, at least not now, but pretty soon. And that's, uh, you know, where the Narcity partnership comes in. So yeah. one of the things we've really seen uh, with .ca, and, you know, I don't like to make generalizations, but some of the, the younger generations, millennials, Gen Zs, whatever you want to call them, um, they're growing up with social media as like a, a built-in default in their lives. So in many cases, they don't have a website. Like Facebook is their website. Instagram is their website. Mm -hmm. um, you know, YouTube is their website. And what we're trying to say to them is, that's great, but you don't own that, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the reasons why that, that Narcity uh, content partnership that you're talking about um, is specifically around a campaign that we launched last year called Digital Me. Um, the goal of Digital Me is to encourage personal branding and personal domain name usage. Um, but really, it's about taking control of your personal identity online. Um, and so um, one of our focuses for that campaign is uh, influencers. So we've done a lot of influencer marketing. And you can tell the Narcity piece, we particularly are calling out influencers. But you'll be you would be amazed. I mean, I've done obviously a lot of research on this because I've been recruiting influencers and that kind of thing. And I'll find influencers with a million YouTube subscribes and no website. And I, it's just, it, it's amazing because 
you look at these people and clearly they know what they're doing. They've got great business acumen. They're, they're doing really well for themselves. They got brand partnerships, you know, all kinds of, they got swag, they got all kinds of great things going on, but they don't own their own digital presence. And the problem with that is, is that I'm sure you're aware is that, you know, YouTube can make an algorithm change tomorrow or can deplatform your video tomorrow or demonetize it. And all of a sudden your, your brand is out the window. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to spread the word to uh, digital influencers, to uh, uh, solopreneurs, to individuals, to own their personal uh, 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 you know, domain and website uh, so that they can have control of their digital identity. Things like if someone does a Google search for you, what's going to come up, right? Is it going to be uh, your Flickr page from 2008 where you forgot to take down your cat photos? Is it going to be, you know what I mean? So the, the thing that we're really trying to move towards is everyone should own their digital identity. And I mean, really, it's never been easier. I mean, it's not that expensive. It's, you know, the, the, you know, take a few lattes a year less and you can pay for a domain name and a website. And at the end of the day, it's, it's a hugely valuable uh, platform for anyone, not just, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've got your own website. I've got my own website. Mm -hmm. all, of di all us digital market marketer people have our own websites, but it's really for, for everyone because at the end of the day, when you look at the economy, everything's moving digital. So if you yeah. don't have that piece of real estate, that's yours. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, Facebook or Instagram or YouTube can change your business like that just through a small tweak to their algorithm. And uh, we've seen it happen, right? It's, it's yeah. happened a lot. I, uh, I bought my son's name, caymancovax.com, but I need to buy my other three kids' names. It's a good reminder. I'll, I'll do that tonight. Um, I, I want to close. Go ahead. I feel bad because I actually haven't bought my kids' damn domains yet. But uh, I, I do need it to tonight. Yeah, I got to go do that tonight. But it's 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 a, that's a really interesting use case that you mentioned there, right? And we actually we've thought about doing that type of marketing, you know, buy your buy your kid's domain name almost like a baby gift. Um yeah. that's something that we've definitely explored, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's hugely important and it's going to be even more important for your kids and for my kids in yeah. when you know when they're uh, our age. Yeah. Yeah, I want to close with this question. Um, there's a big movement around the world, and especially in Canada here, about buying local, right? You want to know where your vegetables come from. You want to know where your meat comes from, right? Like some people do like the 12-mile diet or, or, you know, there's different terms for it. Yeah. But as a .ca saying, you know, you should buy your domain name locally, uh, is that same for like the email provider that you use? Like should we all be using Cyber Impact, right? Like kind of Canada's MailChimp and should we be using Hootsuite and should we be using Shopify? Is it like should we be supporting Canada and, and why? Um, I mean, I think the the short answer is we should try to as much as possible. We should try to uh, support Canadian uh, the Canadian internet. And again, that's one of the reasons why I love working at Sierra is because not only am I helping people uh, you know get online and, and develop their digital identity, but we give back, as I said, to you know underprivileged communities and people who need to, who are looking for access to the internet. Um, I think there's a larger question here, and we actually talk about this quite a bit at Sierra. Is this idea of of data sovereignty and network sovereignty? Um, and so, uh, you know, they sound like, you know, the really big words, but really at the end of the day, what it means is, you know, um, if you can use, you know, you know, obviously there's certain circumstances where the Canadian version is actually the best. You think Shopify is a great example, right? Shopify is the best. So it's not a hard, not a big deal. Hootsuite, probably the best, you know, there's a lot of competitive competitors in that space, but Hootsuite's, Hootsuite's really good. There's other, you know, there's other areas where it's hard. Like I would never recommend someone use a lesser tool that doesn't do the job for them just to shop mm -hmm. Canadian. But what I would say is that. I would, um, as much as possible, try to choose services that have a Canadian presence. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, a, a lot of these cloud service providers, SaaS vendors, yeah. uh, a lot of them have no Canadian presence. And so yeah. your data is going to Mountain View 
or going to, you know, going to San Francisco every time, even if you're talking to your buddy across the street. Yeah. Um, and so you should be trying to find organizations and, and, uh, and uh, providers that have Canadian based servers at the very least, um, because not only does it provide you with uh, performance benefits, but it provides jobs for Canadians because now they have to support that. And it has really interesting security and privacy uh, um, uh, implications, right? If your data is going to the United States, it's a, it is you know it is subject to the laws of the countries that it enters. So there ain't no castle law in the U.S. Exactly. So yeah. you know you need to be aware of what's going on. And and to be fair, a lot of the big players now have Canadian data centers. Amazon does, Microsoft does, uh, Google does, but some of them don't. And uh, if you support a provider that doesn't have a Canadian presence, get on them, call them, or I guess they probably won't answer the phone. Email them, tweet them, and say why don't you have a Canadian server? Um, if my understanding is Dropbox doesn't have a Canadian server. Disappointing. I'd like to see them because I like their service. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, um, uh, Box does. Uh, yeah. Microsoft 365 OneDrive does. So it's it's you know, those are those are opportunities for you to provide you know use a service that is at least has a Canadian presence, which protects yeah. you and your data. But it also again, you can if there's a service you really like, I would contact them and say, hey. Well, you know, we would really like you to put a Canadian data presence up here in, in this country, because let's face it. I mean, I think uh, with everything that's going on in the world right now, you know, Canada is a really strong tech hub right now. There's really no reason for any of these companies to not have a digital presence up here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you can support Canadian, we always we always would uh, advocate for that. But I think there's certain services where it may be harder than others. And I would try to to as much as possible, at least go for a data protection, have the network, a uh, network availability in Canada. I didn't know this, but uh, you know, Mailchimp and Constant Contact don't have their contacts stored in Canada, and so some of our clients and people we work with actually, by law, have to use Cyber Impact because they're the only email tool that has its servers in Canada. Uh, and so then I started telling our other clients because I was like, "Hey, do you want us be have your contacts in the United States, or do you want to have it in the Great White North?" And so we've been transferring more of our more of our clients and even ourselves over to Cyber Impact because of that very reason that you've shared here. Yeah, and it's it's a big concern. I mean, uh, you know, I think that we're seeing a lot more momentum on this front when you look at so what's going on with Facebook and what's going on um, on the uh, uh, sorry um, with uh, you know Pipita here in Canada is the privacy legislation in Canada and obviously the U the EU law uh, that was recently passed as well. Um, you know, these things are starting to become more relevant, and so I think that there's a certain you know. Even though the internet is now 30 years old, as I think it was yesterday, was the, the 30th anniversary of the web, um, you know, there's still a lot of ways in which people are still treating it um, that would not with the sort of responsibility that you need. And if you're an online-based business, if you collect data, it is your responsibility to make sure that data is protected. And as you said, certain organizations have different standards than others based on whether or not they're government or not. And I know that there's actually some jurisdictions that are considering laws that would say that you can't do business with us unless you have a data presence. So those are the types of things that are coming down the pipe. I mean, uh, the, the new NAFTA that was passed has some, some things to say about that. But generally speaking, there are laws that are going to start being put in place that are going to start to require more, uh, um, you know, more people to pay more attention to this stuff. So I think that uh, whenever you can, you should be using Canadian services. If you can't, you should be using Canadian hosted services. And if you can't do that, then you should be getting on the phone or on the on your Slack on their Slack channel or on Twitter and saying, "Please put a server up here in Canada to support support the ecosystem up here."
This is awesome. Everyone, this was Spencer from Sira, aka .ca. Uh, Spencer, you're dropping some great truth bombs here. I, I have some things to do tonight for my children's domain name uh, protection. Um, Spencer, this is great. And, and I think marketingjam.ca, I think we're going to switch over to hosting it there because it's for Canadians, by Canadians, interviewing Canadians. So, uh, Spencer, really appreciate your time here. This has been a valuable learning time for me and I'm sure all of our viewers and listeners as well. So, much appreciated. Perfect. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.